Hey, everybody. It's Monday. Yep. And we're doing... Another haunting show. A haunting. Yeah. Already, like, the weeks are just going yeah. by. It seems like we were just doing this. I know. It goes by fast, man. We're anxious now. <laughs> a week goes by. It feels like an hour. But this one's called The Diabolical. The Diabolical. Diabolical. <laughs> I'm diabolical as fuck. I thought this was about me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not. Spoiler alert. No, it's not about me. They should make an episode about you. Yeah. Well, they wanted to. They wanted to. Lois and Red didn't want to fucking do it, though. Well, they wanted to do it. They didn't want. They didn't want any film crews in their house. Yeah. And they were like, you know, it, it's a long story. And I was like, okay, fuck it. It didn't matter. That was during a time where the haunting was starting to suck. Anyway, I'd have been like on season nine, eight, or what would I have been? I would have probably been on. No, seven. I think it would have been like seven, maybe. Oh no, you probably would have been on like eleven or twelve. Okay. I like I don't know how far back it was. Yeah. Damn. I mean, it was a few years ago, but. I don't even think it's on anymore. Mm. Ben said, wasn't sure if I would make your start. The previous live cast I was watching spent an hour and a half reading out their super chats. Holy shit. What? An hour and a half reading out super chats? Our was... super chats? No. Oh, okay. You missed the whole first I, part I, of it. I did not understand what he said. <laughs> I don't know if it had something to do with the way you read it or what. I think it was probably just you weren't listening. Is that what it was? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's usually what happens. But yeah, so this was another season one episode that I thought we had talked about. Uh, probably, I I thought we had talked about it because back when we were watching these all the time, you used to like do that diabolical like yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, we must have covered it at some point, never but did. we never did. We never. Yeah, I did. know why too. I remember we went and go, we checked the diabolical early on to see if it'd make a good show and there were other ones that would have made better shows yeah that's probably that's what happened well and the thing about this one too is that because i think we always tried to avoid like when we did whole shows about them i think we always tried to avoid episodes that didn't have the real people like where the people were just in shadow or they were using pseudonyms or whatever which this one does because it was you know you couldn't find out anything like extraneous information about them you couldn't very verify anything yeah because this isn't you yeah. know, the, the real person is not. I mean, the real paranormal investigators are on there and they yeah. show their faces, but the actual person is yeah, not. Yeah, it was in a phase where we were trying to do kind of a better, para, like a parapsychological analysis of, of, of each case. But some of these cases, you can't do it because there's just not enough information. So, in, so instead, on the haunting shows that we're doing now, it's more like a review of the episode and a discussion of the episode. Yeah. You know, uh, we can come up with some ideas. So we're not trying to, ver- you know, verify it or debunk it or anything. We're just going to talk about it. Yeah. And I mean, it's a good episode or not. Right. And I mean, the thing about it is, like, if I could have found, like, some other information about it, then, yeah, then I'll talk about that. But this one, because um, they weren't using their real names, that's just uh, the way it rolled. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I couldn't find anything uh, else about this one. So, again, this is a season one, episode eight, The Diabolical. The Diabolical. Yeah. It's about Tom, but not really. No. <laughs> diabolical 2. Yeah. Epic Tomness. <laughs> but Jenny yeah. used to like this, me to say that shit. She thought that shit was sexy. I'd be fucking climbing <laughs> up on her, climbing up on her in fucking bed and shit. i go, The Diabolical. <laughs> Just legs just go like that. Like, it's just, it's babe, like, just made me laugh psh, like everything. Legs go up like that. It's like an aphrodisiac. So. That's why. That's why she remembers it. 
I didn't remember much about the actual episode. I just remembered the title of it because she used to say low and gravelly. Because she used to say it like that all the time. Well, for a long time when I was watching, I was like, "Why is this even called Die the Diabolical?" Because I didn't really. But then, like, when it gets to the end, like they don't. Because this one is another one that has. Churchy stuff. Church, it? Yeah, churchy stuff. And, and, uh, David Considine, yeah. who is a demonologist. Yeah, and I gotta say, he's not a bad one, at least as far as the episode goes. I mean, his basic, his basis, he, a lot of the methods he's using, or at least that they show him use in this, are kind of based upon parapsychology, too. You know what I mean? It's like the methods of investigation. But we're not there. So I don't know if he actually does this. It's just how it was portrayed in the episode or whatever. But nowhere near as hokey as, like, Ed Warren. Yeah. That's true. Nowhere near that hokey. I think he was... If he believed it, he was trying to get down to the bottom of it. But, of course, you know, if, if religion's involved, it's always got to, it's got to stick to Scripture. So, you know, demons. It's demons. Easy. That's what they're going to go for. Yeah. Like, yeah. why even bother investing? It was like, we don't even have to come to the house. We already know what's Demons. Doing. Yeah. Even though there's some strange strange facts about this case. You know what I mean? There's a mentally handicapped girl involved, which a parapsychologist would have been interested in that. Because who knows? Maybe uh, a person with... They don't really say what's wrong with her, but it's something mental, something having to do with their brain. Well, I think it was a lot of things, but all they said yeah. was like birth defects because they said yeah. she couldn't walk either. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, you know, uh, what if she what if she was exhibiting fucking RSPK? You know, what if she was slight had psychokinesis? You know, there's a possibility because you know certain parts of her brain might have been inactive, and then other more obscure parts of her brain might have been very active. You know what I mean? Trying to compensate, and maybe she, maybe it was just you know a poltergeist from her subconscious. You know, they don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, I think that's what kind of made this uh, episode yeah. sort of interesting. I mean, and 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 this guy as a demon as a demonologist never considered that because it, he's going to jump right to demons, demons and ghosts. Yeah, you know? yeah, which we'll get into. Yeah. I mean, he did say that she was the focus of it or the center of it, but not in a. Not in a poltergeisty kind yeah. of way, more in like a demonic oppression. Watching kind of it, way. that's what I was leaning to because poltergeist exhibits a lot of the attributes of what a religious person would call demonic possession. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think demonic possession. The original polter, the original fucking demonic possession case that made the shit famous, the one that they based uh, what you call it on, the Exorcist, the Exorcist on was a poltergeist case. It wasn't... Yeah, they were trying to exercise it, but it was a poltergeist. Some of the pre... Well, that one priest that saw it when he was young, he was helping with the exorcism. He goes, oh, this was... They're exercising it, but this is uh, this is definitely poltergeist. You know, there's drawers opening and things being thrown, and he goes, I don't think it was a demon. You know. But, you know, he was in his 20s. He couldn't say anything to I don't it. think anything... Any of them were demons. Yeah, he thought it was poltergeist. So... From the interview that I saw... Yeah, he thought they were making it worse, <laughs> but you know, which I think that's that's true. I think. Well, I mean, that usually does yeah. happen in these kind of situations. Yeah. Trey says, "Hey guys, at work again, so can't stay. Have fun." Oh, that's a shame. Well, you can listen. Later, I mean, bro. you can listen later. He, yeah, yeah, he always does. All right, so let's get into this a little bit now. Like I said, uh, the woman who's like the mom, 
she was the one that was on there mostly. I think her boyfriend slash husband, whatever, I think he was on there too, but they were both in Shadow. So they actually called her Marie Potter. That's not her real name, I'm presuming, because she didn't want her identity known. And uh, the one daughter that she had that was kind of like uh, the disabled daughter was named Julie. So this apparently took place in the Hudson Valley in upstate New York, which uh, Anthony Call, the narrator, said that some people call the Devil's Playground. Oh, yeah, some I was people like, call it that. Do they? Some people do. Like, he's probably like, well, I just called it that. He's one of them. <laughs> the other one was a producer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the guy who wrote the script. So see, people. It's yeah, more than yeah, one person. Yeah, some, some people. <laughs> some, yeah, some people. people. Some people. The people right here in this studio. Yeah, yeah. We decided that that's what it's called. See, we're calling them out. We call. We Maybe call it's them. called that. I don't know. I don't know. Man. I've never heard that, but you know what I mean? I've know. never heard that. But that doesn't mean it's not the case, because I'm not from there. Yeah. So if you're from there, like, and they're like, oh, yeah, they absolutely do. So everybody knows that, that that's what they call it, the devil's playground. Yeah. We call it that all the time. Yeah. I kind of doubt it, though. Jenny just got home from work, man. The weight's just falling off her. I'm looking. She's in that thing. Man, she's looking so sexy right now. <laughs> I've been here by myself the whole time. Just looking. She's getting hourglass fucking shape and everything, man. Every man knows what I'm going through. Every man watching understands <laughs> what I'm going through. Damn. Damn. Poor Tom. Because she's too tired, man. She's going to go in there and go to sleep. I know. Well, like, yeah, because I've been up since uh, quarter to four okay. <laughs> this morning. She's going to have to deal with it. I, I woke up, like, really early, and I couldn't go back to sleep. You have to deal with it. I have terrible insomnia. Okay. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I said, I was, man, it's like, I just want to take a shower and grab a little Debbie and okay. watch watch All Dan right. Bell or something. I, I'm making sure I'm not sidetracking this fucking program. <laughs> this should have gone on too long. Okay. All right. And then you're going to, like, talk yourself into, like, all this, and then it'll be, like, four hours, and then I'm going to yeah. fall asleep on yeah. my keyboard. I'll just be like, yeah, mm, okay. like that. All right, let's get back into it. But yeah, so uh, where were we? Yeah, uh, is the Hudson Valley really called the Devil's Playground? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not from there. So apparently this story first started taking place in the autumn of 1998. So Marie, uh, again, not her real name, but I'm, that's the last time I'm going to say that, is a single mom. And she has three kids, uh, one named Paul, one named Angela, and one named Julie. Now, Julie, all they said about her, they didn't say specifically, like, what was, you know, the matter with her. They just said that she had severe birth defects. Um, she can't walk. She can't talk. Like, she can't really do anything for herself. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, she's, like, disabled. Um, so, they lived in this house. Now... Okay, so the way they put it, they said, well, they lived in this house for three years. So I guess it wasn't a case where it's like, oh, we moved into this place and all this like weird paranormal shit started happening. Apparently, they lived in this house for a few years. Now, the whole time that they lived in the house, evidently, Julie, they said she always acted like she was looking at or reacting to like invisible people. And they weren't entirely sure if that was just like a thing that she did and it didn't mean anything or if she was like seeing actual beings of some kind, you know what I mean? Um, her mom said it's like, it seemed like she was like someone, an invisible person was like playing peekaboo with her hmm. because it's like, she'd always like, you know how like a kid gets her face is like, Oh, what's going on? Oh, something. you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like surprised. It's like, she would do that all the time. Like somebody was playing peekaboo with her. Now Marie said, that she thought it was angels 
which I was like, okay. Okay. But, um, <laughs> well, she was like, because she's like, her daughter was like such a pure soul and right. blah, blah. So it's like, you know, it obviously couldn't be anything bad. So maybe it's like her guardian angels or like whoever's like looking out for her or whatever. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to just, okay. Um, so in 1998, uh, Marie goes back to like where she was from, which is Brooklyn. And she was like being with her friends and they introduced her to this dude named Chris and the two of them hit it off and they kind of like start a relationship. Now, Chris comes over to the house a few weeks later, but as soon as he comes inside, he said he felt really oppressed. He said it felt like there was no air in there and that something like really bad was happening. So he tells Marie later, he's like, uh, you know, I was real into like the paranormal as a teenager and I did like a lot of reading about it and stuff. And I said, I don't really want to scare you. But when I came in your house, like, it felt really fucking weird in there, and I just feel like it's not good. Now, she's like, oh, well, you know, I thought that there was maybe, like, you know, good spirits or angels or something like that in the house because she said, like, what Julie had been acting like and stuff. He's like, I don't think it's angels. He's like, whatever's in here, I don't think it's good. Um, you know, like, again, I don't want to scare you, but that's just kind of, like, where, where I'm coming from. He said some shit that reminded me of Mammoth Mountain. Yeah. He said he walked in there and he felt it was, like, oppressive. Like it was a real closed in feeling, even though it was a wide open room. Yeah, like something was pressing down on him, and that's that's the way it felt the second you walked in to that uh, condominium at Mammoth Mountain. It was like you walked into a high pressure zone. There's no way to describe it, but you feel it when you go when you walk into a place like that. So I'm already thinking it's poltergeist. Yeah, like I guess he was implying that it was kind of like a suffocating sort of feeling because he said it felt like there was no air. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. That's what he said it felt like as soon as he walked in the door. There's no way to describe it. You just have to sense, you have to sense it yourself. It's yeah. just like something's watching you and it's bearing down on you. It's like a high pressure, uncomfortable feeling in there. And you leave and it, and you can go, you can kind of sense that it's over there now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you go in and you, you're like, oh, I'm in it now. And then you jump back up and you go, now I feel it over there. Yeah. You know? It's like a zone. Like a zone. You're right. <laughs> So, a few days later, like, after Chris's visit, I'm presuming, Marie uh, comes downstairs one morning, like, you know, trying to wake the kids up for school or whatever, and the living room is kind of, it's not trashed, but it's just kind of, like, covered with toys. Like, the kids have been out there, like, wee, like, throwing all the toys around everywhere. Like, it looked like that. And the mom, like, presumes, she presumes, obviously, that it's her son, Paul, is like, what the fuck? Like, why are you throwing toys all over the room? And it's like, why didn't you clean it up or anything like that? And Paul's like, I didn't do it. The boy with the yellow hair did it. And the mom's like, who's the boy with the yellow hair? And it's just like, oh, he plays in the living room. And then he said, I don't want him in my room. And I was like, ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be creepy if, like, your kid said that to yeah. you? He plays in the living room because I don't want him in my room. That's what he said. Uh, so, yeah, a boy with the yellow hair. Now, the other daughter, Angela, uh, she apparently was in her room one night and hears, like, some kind of weird noises. And then she also sees a boy, like, briefly, like, standing. I think he was standing next to Julie's bed, it looked like. It was kind of dark. I couldn't really tell. And I was, like, taking notes at the same time. So I kept, like, you know, looking up and down. So she runs into her mom's room and says, hey, there's a boy with blonde hair in the, in the bedroom. 
And, you know, the mom goes in there and, like, obviously the kid's not there, like, when mom goes to check because, you know, it's a ghost or whatever. But uh, she said Angela was, like, very insistent. Mom, it was in here. And she gets kind of, like, mad about it. So, eventually, uh, Maria and Chris kind of get, you know, their relationship gets a lot closer. Chris ends up moving in with them. So, they kind of become a little family unit or whatever. Now, one night, the family are all eating dinner at the table and they see a boy outside, like, peeking in the window. And it's, like, nighttime, so it's not really a time when kids would be, like, running around. They didn't really say if the boy... Because they immediately jumped to, that's a ghost. Like, they went outside and there was nobody there. And then, like, it seemed like the swing was, like, kind of swinging by itself, right? And so they immediately jumped to, well, that's a ghost. I'm like, I would kind of think, oh, well, maybe that's just, like, a neighbor kid. But I don't know, maybe he looked clearly like a ghost and not like a real kid because they didn't even, they just jumped right past, hey, it's maybe it's the neighbor kid into, yeah, that's probably a ghost. So there must have been yeah, some something yeah, about that ghost. how it looked, <laughs> like yeah. just peeking in a window. Hey, you got Brussels sprouts in there? Yeah. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of feel like. Yeah, you want butter? <laughs> Ghost just wants to come in and, like, yeah. have some food, man. That's all. So, uh, so Marie and Chris, well, mostly Chris, like, he decides, he's like, oh, uh, like I said, I'm the paranormal expert here. Like, uh, not me, but Chris is apparently the paranormal expert. He's like, we should get a Ouija board and uh, see if we can communicate with this supposed little boy ghost and see what he wants. Uh, Marie is just kind of like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. But Chris is all, uh, oh, I, you know, I totally know what I'm doing. <laughs> And I was, like, laughing at this point because I'm just like, he doesn't know what he's doing. But he, he thought he did. So the two of them sit down and start doing the Ouija board, right? So they're like, you know, they do the whole thing. Is there somebody in here? Yada, yada. Yes. And then it spells out the name Frank. So the ghost is named Frank. And then, basically, Chris is like, well, what do you want? Or something like that. And then um, the ghost puts like uh initials that says jp now chris is just like what the fuck does that mean but marie is like oh that's julie's initials you know it means that means it wants julie and he's like well i don't know if we can like jump to that conclusion i'm like yeah you might be like reaching a little bit there but you know what i mean um but chris is like okay well i'll ask it well what exactly do you want with julie but then the ghost wouldn't answer so then he's like, okay, well, is there another ghost here we can talk to? Because Frank got really rude and, like, fucked off, apparently. So it's like, we want another ghost. So then they're like, okay, so someone else is there. And then it goes to yes again. And then it spells out the name Adam. And then it spells out the word son, as in S-O-N. Chris freaks the fuck out. Because, he tells Marie, that his ex-wife aborted a fetus which i'm presuming he didn't say this outright but i'm presuming they were going to name it adam i don't well it seemed like I, I don't know it's just he didn't say that so i'm just kind of like i think he was again jumping to conclusions but he's become convinced that this is his unborn son his aborted son right like coming back to haunt him and i'm just like okay again that seems like a reach so um so yeah so that wigs him out 
so then Chris hears like this kind of weird screaming noise. It sounded like, uh, but I guess Marie doesn't hear it. And then everything just kind of like busts out. Like everything starts, the table starts rattling, like all the fucking, you know, the light fixtures are swinging. It's like all, they start hearing like weird noises, like out in the hallway and shit like that. Like everything just like goes crazy. So Chris, um, is like, well, that was a stupid idea. And then he goes and burns the Ouija board on the grill. Now, anybody that has seen a haunting more yeah, than yeah. what you know, you never, ever, ever burn a Ouija board. Yeah. That's that's always bad news. <laughs> they always tell you not to do that. And I was like, oh, you're asking for it now. Yeah. You're asking for it now. Burn, burn it. Yeah, you burn it. You're now opening it up. You're opening the portal. <laughs> now you can't close it because you burned the door. Yeah. There's all kinds of explanations. That's, just, that's essentially what yeah. they're saying. But it's just like I kind of laughed because I'm like, bro, I, t I told you you didn't know what you were doing. Everybody knows you don't burn a fucking Ouija board. So then a few days later, Marie is in the basement doing laundry because women are always doing laundry on a haunting. I think I pointed that out before. I guess because it's like an activity that you can do in the house that so it looks like they're doing something. You know what I mean? Instead of just like sitting on a couch. But um, yeah, so she's down in the basement doing laundry. And while she's down there, like, the door up into the kitchen, like, closes by itself. And then she looks at the back of the door, and it looked like white handprints. She's like, it was clearly paint. Like, it wasn't wet, but she's like, it looked like dry white paint. But she's like, but one, those handprints had not been there before, so where the fuck did they come from? And he's like, two, um... We don't have any white paint in the house, and the handprints are not the size of any of anybody in the house, like any of her kids or anything like that. So, again, where the fuck did these prints come from? So, at this point, they're like, okay, we're going to call a paranormal investigator. Now, the paranormal investigator says, well, you know, maybe one of your kids is playing a prank or something like that. Why don't you do, like, the baby powder trick where you put, you know, the baby powder all over the floor so you can see, like, linear little footprints or whatever if the kids are coming in and fucking around. So they do that. They put, like, baby powder all over the, um, the floor in the basement. The next morning, they go down to the basement, and they find writing in the powder, but there are no footprints. And they're like, where the writing is, there is no way that you would have been able to, like, write in the powder without <coughs> standing in the powder. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, uh, the writing says Lilith. Which I was sitting there going like, ooh, like female demon. Like, are we talking about the biblical Lilith? Is it gonna? Are we gonna go in that direction? Because I didn't remember like what this show was about. But uh, they call the paranormal investigator, and she comes in. She's like, you know, you gotta come see this shit. Like, come and check this out. So the paranormal investigator comes over to look, and then she's like, do you know who Lilith is? And they're like, no. And she's like, yeah, I'm out. Apparently, Lilith was her daughter was I who I'm presuming is dead so that wigged her out because she's like whatever the fuck it is in your house is like taunting me or something like that and I'm not I'm not gonna like take this fucking case because no so she left so uh Marie has probably not surprisingly had trouble sleeping in the weeks since they used the Ouija board and here there's like a dream sequence where Marie dreams that she goes into the backyard and sees Frank, who is this presumed person that they were talking to through the Ouija board. Frank tells her that she's stupid. I'm like, nice. Okay. Rude ghost. And that she can't help 
Julie. Like, he's going to take her, like, no matter what or whatever. So she wakes up and she tells Chris, hey, there's a man in the backyard who wants Julie. But Chris is like, it was just a dream. Chill the fuck out. Even though Chris was like, ooh, Mr. Paranormal, like, at the beginning. But now he's just, like, doing that whole thing again. It's like, it's not real. Blah, blah, blah. So I was just like, make up your mind. Meanwhile, stuff kind of starts moving in the kids' room. Like, I, well, I guess, like, the girls were in one room, and I guess, like, the, the little boy, Paul, was in the other room. So, I guess it was in Paul's room. So, he, he had, like, a ball and, like, some other toys and shit like that, like, on top of his dresser. And it started, um, like, <coughs> rattling, like, all crazy, like, you know, poltergeisty and whatnot. And then he sees, like, a face coming through the wall. Um, which, you know, obviously, like, he freaked the fuck out and, like, screamed and everything. So the next day, Marie had to go into Paul's room and move his bed away from the wall because he's free. So, like, he'll still sleep in the room, but he's not going to sleep next to the wall that the face came out of. You know what I mean? Which, you know, that's that's fair enough. And while she's moving the bed around, she finds, like, a weird... It looks like some kind of a symbol, like, burned into the floor. Not like a pentagram or nothing like that. But I thought... Was it supposed to be her daughter's initials? Like, in a, like a JP? I don't know. I don't know. But she said, yeah, it looked like a symbol. I couldn't really tell what it was, but she said it looked like it was burned into the floor. Hmm. I think she said that it was like the, the daughter's initials. Now at this point, uh, her and Chris are like, maybe we should move. You know what I mean? But, um, they are kind of like, well, they probably correctly, um, presume that, well, if this is a spirit, it's attached to Julie and not to the house. So if we move, it'll just come with us. So what's the point? You know what I mean? So at least they had the wherewithal to, like, know that. So a few weeks after that, uh, Marie goes down to the basement again for whatever reason. And Chris is down there, but he's acting really fucking weird. She said he was, like, sitting against the wall. And she's like, there's a light in the basement, but it usually, like, points the other way. But this time, like, the light was, like, pointing toward him. Like, it was a spotlight type of thing. I don't know if the light was movable or if that was, like, a paranormal thing. She didn't really specify. But she's like, yeah, like, spotlighting him. And he was, like, talking in this weird-ass voice. And he was saying stuff like, um, you don't know who I am. I'm not Chris, blah, blah, blah. And, like, all, and she's like, what the fuck is the matter with you? You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, obviously, like, he's uh, got all possessy, And she's like, uh-oh. Possessy. Yeah, well, you know, that's... That's what I you get all possessy. <laughs> you get all possessy. <laughs> uh, Julianne Pope said it was the letter F for Frank. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's the, I knew it was a letter, but I couldn't remember because I thought I wrote it down, but of course I did not because I'm trying to like write notes really fast, like while I'm watching it, so I don't have to keep stopping it. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, so Marie is just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with that. Like, like I said, he's acting all crazy, and so she runs outside. And then he comes out, like, after, you know, after a couple minutes, and she's like, what the hell was that all about? And he's like, I don't really remember. Like, I don't remember what happened. Like, I don't remember anything I said or anything like that. Um, so then they jump ahead to, like, Marie. I guess it's later on that same night. It was like Marie wakes up in bed, and then there's a jump scare with Frank next to her. Like, she sits up like that, and then she goes... Like, to lay back down, and then Frank's like, hello, hello, you know what I mean? But she didn't say she saw it. That wasn't Frank, that was Mr. Hanky. <laughs> oh, hey, how do you? <laughs> it could have been Mr. Hanky, too, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so she didn't say she saw that, so I guess they just did that for, like, kind of, like, a cheap effect or whatever. So, uh, so at this point, Marie and Chris are like, okay, we're going to have to call another investigator, because that first one isn't going to come back. 
So the one that is that they called is David Considine, who I feel like if you know anything about, like, if you watch A Haunting, if you've w- watched all the paranormal shows, I feel like he's kind of famous, like, in paranormal circles. Not as famous as the Warrens, but he's up there, you know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, demonologists go. And he was on here, like, talking. So, um, so he comes over and Dave thinks, uh, of course, that using the Ouija board, because as soon as they said, oh, we used a Ouija board, he's like, oh, shame. Uh, yeah, the Ouija summoned a demon and also tells them that they never should have burned it, which shit, I'm not even a di- demonologist and I could have told him that, but you know, <laughs> everybody knows that all you have to do is watch like all the paranormal shows and they tell you that exact same thing. So, yeah, so he's like, it's all you guys' fault, pretty much. He didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. So Demon Dave, which is what I started calling him. That's what I started calling him in my notes. I just wrote down Demon Dave. And uh, he comes to the house with another, like, a another paranormal investigator, like, psychic, clairvoyant person named, I think, what they say her name was Barbie Hyde or something like remember. that. Barbie Hyde. What a weird name. I mean, it's not that weird, but I don't know. It's just a weird name to like those two words to go together, I guess. So they come to the house and they said as soon as they came in, they felt really, really uncomfortable. They said the interesting thing was when they first met Julie, um, that she was the only member of the family that didn't seem scared. Dave starts to suspect that Julie might be a natural medium that she's just been seeing ghosts her whole life. And like, it's not weird to her, I guess, because she doesn't know any different. So Dave is kind of going through the house and he sees, (laughs) okay. So he's in this room and there's like a, like a candle sconce thingy. Right. And the candle is pretty snazzy. Like the candles were gold and the thing was gold and it was, it was kind of shiny. And the candle was, like, dripping. And I was like, oh, did it just get really hot in the room? And, like, the candles are melting. But no, Demon Dave said that it was ectoplasm. And I was hmm. like, uh, okay, if, if you say so. I mean, I just thought the candle was melting. But I, I wasn't there, so I don't really know. But, yeah, so he apparently sees ectoplasm. And he's like, ooh, that's the first time I ever saw ectoplasm. I'm like, okay. They don't bring it up again, so. But I think that's the first. They don't really talk a lot about ectoplasm on haunting yeah. do they i think that's like the only time that he's ever brought it that they've ever brought it up there's a, only a couple poltergeist cases that ever men, mentioned anything like ectoplasm one of them was that case from i think from the entity they found something some kind of sticky fluid in there they had it analyzed and it was blood plasma yeah remember that yeah i that think was, i wrote I about think that, that was in the yeah. entity case yeah that's the closest thing i've ever heard of that pretty weird might have been made up they just found that and called it ectoplasm ectoplasm comes from 1800 seances and it was fucking cheesecloth stuck up in some chick's snatch they yeah <laughs> pretty much that's all it was it's like look it's good look at all this ectoplasm. <laughs> you notice it has a sexual smell to it because yes. they would say that it has a it had a it had a musky smell to it what was up for snatch yeah that's why yeah yeah nature's purse that's where you yeah. hide stuff yeah <laughs> They put a photograph in it next to her face. I love all that shit. I love, like, all those old school, like, Victorian spiritualist, like, the seance tricks. I love that shit. I love that shit. I love reading about that stuff. Like, all the tricks. They were all fake. But it's like, I liked the tricks because some of them were pretty clever. You know what I mean? I remember seeing them as as a kid printed in books. And I was, you know, a teenager. Um, 
I, I, I think it was after, I think it was after uh, at Mammoth Mountain. And they, they were creepy. They, were they creepy. are creepy pictures. And I was like, could that be real? I, you know what I mean? Looking at it as an adult now, no, it's fake. But I, I really could, I suspected it as being fake. But there was some part of me that said, well, shit, I saw some shit that's not supposed to exist, and I know it exists. That might exist, too, you know? But yeah. No, it's fake. But I like I like the pictures, though. Yeah. Like, the pictures still look cool and yeah. creepy. Even if you know they're fake, they're yeah. still cool looking. Yeah. I was, one time when I was in New York, they had a, um, they had a thing. I think it was at the Met, actually. I can't remember if it was at the Met or if it was at MoMA. I'm pretty sure if it was, it was at the Met. And they had a, um... What do they call? What do they call that? They had like a special thing where they had like these big two rooms, and they had all of that Victorian spirit photography. Yeah. Like, um, and it was really cool. It's like it was really cool to like see all the actual photos, and they had like a huge collection. It was like really, really awesome. But yeah, because I because I love all that stuff, and I'm fascinated by ectoplasm because it just seems so fucking random. It seems like a random thing to have come up with. You know what I mean? Well, they have to come up with some kind of gag for the right. That's it's like what yeah what what'll look really impressive yeah. that I can like stick up my nose or yeah. stick in my vag or whatever. I think they started off they wanted to be able to blow smoke. Yeah. But you couldn't hide a cigarette and you'd smell it and they would know what that was. So the closest thing, well, I'll just hide a cloth and I'll say it comes out like smoke and we'll take a picture of it real quick. Yeah. And then we'll say, "Yeah, it was a smoke-like emanation that came out of the mouth and the nose." You know. Yeah, and it's the like witnesses a- said, "Yeah, we don't know where it came from." It smelled funny though, because <laughs> that's what the witnesses were saying. Yeah, like, like it never occurred to them that it's like why it's why they it were believers. Funny, Victorian era. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not gonna they're not gonna fucking think that that'd be rude to come up with some shit like that. But I also heard of some Victorian <laughs> stuff that were rumored at the time that one of the, one of those mediums that was the most popular one. It was rumored that, well, the reason why it was so popular is because she was giving everybody crotch shots and in the dark fucking giving dudes hand jobs and stuff like that. And they were doing sexual stuff in the seance. So they'd have her back. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And because you could justify it because you'd be like, oh, she's in a trance or it's it's some ghostly shit. the spirit's doing it. Right. Yeah, you got plausible deniability. But no, yeah, even though she had like a... A history of fucking prostitution in their background, you know what I mean? Fucking, but yeah, it's not that. No, of course not. This is some spiritual shit. Hey, I mean, she like parlayed her talents into yeah. like some other shit. You know what I mean? Good for her. She probably like made a lot of money doing that. Yeah, she's like fucking, you know. Yeah, that's, jerk, that's... jerking some dude in front of her, in front of her wife and shit, in front of his wife in the fucking Victorian era and she getting away does, with it. Yeah, she probably thought getting that a big was... tip too. Yeah, she probably thought she... that was fucking hilarious. She's like, man, dumbass, fucking. <laughs> Dumb motherfucking rubes. <laughs> fucking civilians. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, there's some ectoplasm dripping from the candles there, even though, like I said, I suspect it was just melted wax, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, so he's basically like, okay, yeah, you got a demon for sure, um, and it's trying to make everybody, like, angry and fearful and stuff like that, because that's what demons feed on. That's their favorite food. And, uh, yeah, he wants to possess the family. So the paranormal team is now four people. Like, they keep coming back, like, a bunch of times. Like, the first time it's just him and Barbie. 
and then he comes back with like two extra people so they come back with all the equipment like you know the cameras and all the fucking emf readers and all that kind of crap um in case they need proof for the catholic church in case they want to do an exorcism right so they have to have like all this documentation so chris he takes uh paul and angela the other two kids like he takes them to a hotel to get them away from it but julie they actually ask uh, the mom and Julie to stay in the house because they figure that Julie, since she seems to be the focus of the activity, then she'll probably like increase the likelihood of something happening, like her being there. Now, while they're setting up the equipment, the tech guy hears noises from upstairs. Did he say it sounded like bowling balls? I thought that's what he yeah, said. Yeah, it sounded like bowling balls rolling. He around. said it sounded like bowling balls rolling. He said there was nobody upstairs, yeah. like everybody was downstairs. Um, but he heard something that sounded like bowling balls rolling around and he said he also felt like somebody was watching him. Um, they also had a thing where like that same face that came out of the kid's wall, like came out the ceiling, but the guy didn't say he saw that. So I'm just going to say they did that for effect. He didn't say, holy shit, like a face came out of the ceiling. He didn't say anything like that, but like, you always got to watch it because I don't know if they actually saw that or not. Um, and then, this we, we cracked up at this point because, um, so yeah, so he apparently like hears this stuff and maybe he saw the face coming out of the ceiling or whatever. And then he goes on the radio and calls Dave Considine and he's basically like, I need some holy water. And I'm just like, how fucking awesome is that? But like, he's... Oh, we've got the radio. And Top said, he's like, I'm going to get I'm gonna get the, the CB radios. Not, and CB I'm going to get in the other room. Yeah. They're ham. They're the, ham the ham radios, whatever. Yeah. And, and, they're gonna, and I'm going to be in the other room, and he's going to go, I need some holy water. Holy water. Yeah. <laughs> they're, doing that shit on, they're doing that shit fucking uh, in the episode. The little, he was like, yeah, he was like really serious yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I need some holy water. <laughs> Their little FRS radios and, I was and like, stuff. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I want to like yeah. call somebody and say I need some Bring holy me some water. holy water real quick. <laughs> Be funny fucking transmission to hear like, that shit. I just fucking laughed my ass off. Just because that fucking, I don't know, that situation just really like, I just yeah. found that really, really funny. For you radio operators out there, imagine you're on GMRS <laughs> and just out of the blue. GMRS channel fucking four and fucking out of the blue. Somebody goes, I need some holy water in here quick. <laughs> right right guys, now, it's an way. emergency. No, guys, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Just hold on. Just hold on. You're fucking funny, man. <laughs> like fucking what old. the fuck is that? <laughs> I would. You would have to find out what that was because it's yeah. like holy crap. That would be yeah. like. Now I just want to do it just for a joke, <laughs> just because. Just because it made me laugh so hard when he did it on the show. Because yeah. it was he was just like super serious and it was like really important shit. It's like he really needed some holy water. So yeah. So uh, shortly after that, after we were done laughing. Um, one of the psychics, it wasn't Barbie. It was like one of the other ones. Um, I don't think it was Barbie. Oh no, maybe it was Barbie. Okay. So Barbie, she gets pushed down the basement stairs, apparently by an unseen force. Uh, yeah. So she wasn't hurt badly, but yeah, she got uh, pushed down the stairs. And then <laughs> when I was reading, rereading through my notes, like right before we started the live stream, I like cracked up again because I had just read, I had forgotten that I had done this, but I just randomly wrote in my notes, Dave has penis hair. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I remember because like not actual David Considine, but the actor that's playing him in the episode 
he has like this really long thin face yeah. and a high forehead yeah. and then he has this hair it's parted that's, in the middle. that's parted in the middle and kind of poofy a little bit it's parted in the middle and, and it's it short. goes down like a circumcised head of a damn dick <laughs> yeah so I was like look he's a dickhead he's a dickhead <laughs> looks, I was like yeah that's not the most super flattering hairstyle for that and I was yeah. like oh my god he does look it does look just like parted a in the design. middle and then swept back so you got that damn Look like that little fucking robot from Buck Rogers. Look, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was his name? It did a little bit. Ibby, it, it, Iggy or Ibby? What the fuck was that? Phoebe? No, that was Deadly Friend. And it had a little fucking another robot he carried around on his chest. Yeah, that's right. God, I A little kid in a fucking suit. Yeah. Yeah, well, he had a head like that. What's that? Tweaky? Tweaky or something. Tweaky. Twinky. Twinky. I think it was Twicky. Twinky. Yeah. Twinkie, the, no, I think it's Tweaky. Tweaky? Wasn't I it? I don't know. I thought oh. it was Twicky. I don't know. I thought so, it was yeah, Twinkie. Tw- yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Because I think the first time I saw that show, I was like, Twinkie? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he named Twinkie? But yeah, so I just laughed because I put Dave has penis hair just randomly yeah. in the fucking notes. It's like a Dorothy Hamill haircut, <laughs> except his was a fucking... So it was like short. It was yeah. like short. And his it's face like is like really long. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah, it does kind of look like you know, like a bulbous, like kind of a penis up there. I was just like, hopefully he just, his hairdresser was like, That was some shit what from 82, man. 83. <sighs> That's a retro haircut. This is supposed to be 1998. I don't know yeah. when this shit was filmed, but it was the yeah. actual story took place in 1998. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, penis hair. So, <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Dave uh, suggests well, we're going to gather all the evidence we can gather uh, and we're going to get the church to do an exorcism, which, you know, that's even because I feel like most of these episodes when they want to do that, there's the church is always like, nah, we're not going to do that. But like this one, it seemed kind of easy. So I whatever. Thought, oh, an exorcism, dude, we're not going to do that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> all that. Yeah. That's well, yeah. Well, they well they always act. Maybe I kind of feel like the Warrens are usually kind of like, um, yeah. We'll try to get an exorcism, but like they never, nobody ever wants to do it. You know what I mean? Well, they had their own exorcist, remember? Yeah, that's he right. was a non-denominational exorcist. Yeah, he's a freelance exorcist. A freelance exorcist, exorcist for hire. Like Beetlejuice, he's a yeah. freelance bio exorcist. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So on the next uh, visit, they because like I said, they've been coming back and forth. Uh, you know. And so they bring a clairvoyant um, on there to see if there are human ghosts, too, or just the diabolical. Mm-hmm. That's what he kept calling them. Yeah. It. Whatever. Like, he just kept calling it the diabolical. I don't know if that's uh, if that's just could that's what they call it, or I don't know. So the clairvoyant, who I just called the Claire, like in yeah. <laughs> like Claire in big letters, uh, gets drawn to the particular room where Julie sleeps, and it seemed like Julie was sleeping, and then she was just in there staring at her. I'm like, that's pretty weird. Like, don't do that. But uh, the clairvoyant says that the entity hides in Julie and uses her. And I was like, uh, okay. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. And then, at this point, like, I guess the clairvoyant and the mom are in Julie's room, and she's sleeping or she's laying there, like, and her eyes are open, and she looks all freaked out and everything. And then the door, I'm assuming it's the closet door, like, kind of creaks open. And then Julie starts looking, like, really, really scared. And then she does that whole thing, like, you see in a lot of exorcism movies, where she, like, sits up really quick, and then, like, her eyes go all black. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want some ice? 
Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, running out of ice. Because okay. it's hot in here. The ice is melting. And then, um, so yeah, so Julie does that, like, whole, like, thing, like, in The Exorcist, and then the clairvoyant gets thrown back, and it's almost kind of like, I thought they implied that, like, she got possessed for a second, because I thought that Dave Considine said that she looked like an animal, or she looked like she had, the, like, a predator kind of face, so I guess maybe the, the demon was like, and, like, like, went into her for a second, I'm not really sure. So, um, so basically she says, no, there's just, there's no other ghosts in the house. There's just one demon and this one demon is pretending to be Frank and that little blonde boy, remember that they saw early on, like in this yeah. whole shenanigans, um, because you know, like Dave is very seriously explaining. It's like, well, you know, demons, they like to pretend that they're more than one. They like to make themselves seem bigger than they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like puffing themselves up like like a kitty putting their fur out, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, he's like, yeah, they are legion, so that's what they're doing. So they're like pretending to be others just to fuck with people. So the team uh, eventually, apparently, like uh, collects enough evidence to convince the church of doing an exorcist. So it's you know easy, and uh, so they get an exorcist in there. Now the exorcist apparently says that he doesn't think that Julie can technically be possessed because her disability makes her incapable of choosing good or bad. Like, cause I guess like to be possessed, you almost have to like, this seems a little bit like victim blaming, but I kind of feel like they are like, well, people that get possessed, they must've done something to like bring it on, like played with a Ouija board or something like that. But I guess because he's saying that because Julie was disabled, that she didn't have the capacity to choose so therefore she could not be possessed, but she can be oppressed, which I'm not really sure what the difference is, but you know, it's not really my area of expertise, <laughs> frankly. So, um, then they're in, so they're, while they're in the kitchen talking about this, like apparently there's like a, the demon makes this, there's like a knife on the kitchen counter and it kind of like rattles, like it's going to go, whoo, like it's going to stab the priest or whatever. And I'm like... That's all the demon can do? Come on. But, you know what I mean? You'd think he would go, but he didn't. It just kind of rattled. And then the priest is like, oh, well, we better get started then. <laughs> demon's going to stab me or whatever. So uh, so then they then they do the, they just do the minor exorcism. Just a little, just a little exorcism. They're not doing the major one. They're just doing the minor exorcism. And while they're doing it, I guess they have Julie sitting on the couch in the middle. And then they have like one clairvoyant on one side, one clairvoyant. And this is like, you know flanking or like on either side or whatever and then they said that julie who normally like didn't get angry or anything like that because she was you know just happy all the time but it's like she seemed to get like really really angry and then like all the lights started flickering in the room like all the different lights started flashing on and off and then they said that julie started like raking at the air like like she was trying to fucking like claw somebody or some shit like that. Fighting the demons. Fighting the demons, I like guess. Like Conan. Yeah. <laughs> when, the when the demons were coming for Conan, when yeah. he was tied down to the ground, you know what I mean? Valerius fucking fighting the demons. That's what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then her eyes go black again because, you know, it's, it's an exorcism movie. Your eyes have to go black at some point. And then she just kind of like stares at the priest like all scary and everything. 
And then uh, there are three loud bangs. And that was apparently the demon leaving. Yeah, I'm fucking out of here. Pow! Yeah, 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 yeah. Slamming the door. Yeah. And then he gunned the motor of his yeah. de- of his demon car. Fuck all this. <laughs> and it was like a backfire. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, what did he t- Fuck you guys. I'm going home. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to like leave in the fucking yeah. house. I was like, uh, all right. He just like took his ball and went home. Uh, so yeah, so they were like, after that, so that was pretty much it. Like, the lights flickered, the three loud bangs, and then they were like, oh, the house felt lighter, it smelled better. I was like, yeah, there's that smell of sanctity thing. They didn't say that, they didn't say roses, but that's what I was thinking. Did you have that shit recorded? The smell of sanctity. No, I didn't. We gotta find that. I know, I gotta find that. I remember what episode that was in. I gotta, we gotta, yeah. Somebody, somebody in, we'll find it. You know, find w- one of our regulars probably knows what episode that's from. The smell of sanctity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With fucking Lorraine Warren. Spray in the rose water. Yeah. Yeah, I was suspected. <laughs> fucking smell of sanctity was fucking Lorraine went down to the damn 7 Eleven. She stopped off at the fucking mobile, fill up her fucking car, and saw those damn little air fresheners fucking from the inside of your car. They became like a little Banaka can. Remember Banaka? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember fucking dudes would buy those, fucking hide the weed smell in the car. That's all it was. <laughs> Get the rose one. And she's fucking doing this exorcism and nobody's looking. <laughs> smell that? <laughs> she probably bought the shit at first to fucking cover up Ed's farts. <laughs> fucking, he's probably in the car farting. She, <laughs> she's like, Jesus Christ, Ed. <laughs> like that. Ed came up with that probably. He's like, look, bring that to the exorcism with us. That's the ghost smell. Chasing away evil spirits. It's like, why does Chasing the ghost smell like spirits. Febreze? Yeah. <laughs> that is the smell of safety. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that's Febreze. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking funny. I love it. I love it. That's pretty funny. I just had like a really funny um, mental picture of... Ed and Lorraine, like, in their car. Yeah. And then Ed over there in the passenger seat. For- no, he'd drive. Yeah. He, w- he wouldn't let no, Lorraine drive. drive. He's too much of a Lorraine, control. Yeah, Lorraine would be fucking spanked. And he was that. just like, yeah, like, farting I could just look at Ed or whatever. I, know that, I just look at, at Ed and know that dude's farter. You know, he's a farter. <laughs> he'd have his 16-year-old girlfriend in the back seat <laughs> farting. She'd be spraying his ass, too. <laughs> They'd be spraying him for both Yeah. Sides. Little girl doing fucking Lorraine's wet work. R- rolling down the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the smell of things. Dude. Oh, how do fucking... we get on these fucking topics? <laughs> yeah. She looks back at that fucking... Glad I got you around because I'm don't. i I'm sick of him. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. <clears throat> anyway. So yeah, so the demon leaves with three bangs because that's just what happens. Uh, house smelled better, blah blah, and they said that the house stayed at peace for the next few days, but then Marie apparently goes out in the backyard and sees that swing moving by itself again outside in the backyard, yeah. and then the narrator Anthony Call he says the demon is gone, but the exorcism didn't destroy the evil, and I'm like, how do you figure? Like, would the demon was causing the evil, right? But apparently, they didn't really go into that. Hmm. They just kind of said, "Oh, well, the demon left with with a bang, but now there's like there's still evil lurking around." Mm. 
Like, so what's doing it now? I don't know. But yeah, so the evil's still around. I, I don't know if he just meant evil was still around, like, in a more general sense, or I don't really know. Um, so not too long after that, they decide, fuck this place, and then they move. And I guess they're, like, apparently still haunted by evil or by the diabolical or whatever. But I have to say, like, the end of the show was a little uh, anticlimactic, because I was just kind of like, wait, that was it? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the credits rolled, and I'm just like, well, what happened? This was an okay episode, uh, but it wasn't one of my favorites. Uh, I, I, I tend not to like any of the exorcism episodes. I think the ex... The ex it's an exorcism, so you know how the story's going to go. Yeah. And a lot of times, the, the phenomena that's reported during these exorcisms isn't all that impressive. I like more of the ones that fall under the... Under, you know, under poltergeist or ghost, you know, like Hungry Ghosts. That one was a lot better episode, uh, especially when you had witnesses that wanted to talk about it, you know, show their faces and talking about it. Or, you know, what about Mr. Gordy? You know, one of the pilot episodes. That was a good one. Yeah. You know, just, I didn't really like the exorcism uh, episodes. A lot of them are exorcism ex episodes, I feel like. Yeah, they're kind of samey. They are, yeah. Well, yeah, because you know it's going to go as soon as they call. And then they always do this thing at the yeah. end where he's like, ah, da, 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 like at the end, and everybody like freaks out, their eyes turn black, yeah. like shit rattles and all of yeah. And they're like, oh, smell of sanctity. That's all ever. Uh, yeah, Oracle said, <laughs> uh, oh, no, I just imagined Ed and Lorraine doing a commercial for air freshener. Yeah. And the smell of sanctity is the tagline. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh. Mango says, uh, what? <laughs> Lorraine had her own feminine hygiene products called the Smell of Sanctity, too, man. A whole line of them. Yeah, she yeah, had, like, yeah. Mass and Gill douches. Yeah, just whatever. all that kind of shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> the Smell of Sanctity. I don't know why I just thought of this, but <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know how they had, they used to have, I don't know if they didn't make it anymore, but they used to have FDS, that yeah. feminine deodorant spray or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just remember a long time ago seeing uh, George Carlin, mm -hmm. like one of his stand-up things, and he's like, what about a feminine deodorant spray called Sprunt? Sprunt. <laughs> he's like, you never forget the name, would yeah, you? Sprunt. And I'm like, he's right, I never did. I saw that years and years ago. I'm like, oh my God, how fucking awesome would that be? And the thing about it is like, you couldn't have got away with it back then, but now you probably could. Oh, hell yeah, you could. You could probably get away with calling something Sprunt mm -hmm. nowadays. It's not a bad word. It's just like suggestive. You know yeah, it's what I mean? like that one movie, Idiocracy, you know what I mean? <laughs> that was like fucking predicting the future. A lot of it came true where over to, over time, Fuddruckers became buttfuckers. <laughs> right. Just shit like Well, like I said, it might get as away well. with more and more as time right. went on, you know? Fucking Starbucks was a fucking brothel. A full latte was a blowjob. Fucking, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. Sure. Yeah, just to give it enough time, that's how degenerate it'll get. Look at Pokey. I'm just saying, it's like I I I think that would be funny. They would sell yeah. a million. You say, like even if you didn't need it, it's like I'm just yeah. gonna buy it just because of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mango said, "I just finished watching uh, Skinnamarink on Shutter. Curious movie. Has some creepy vibes about it. With a running time of an hour and forty minutes, it's just too long. Would have been a better short." Yeah, I could see that. Um, I will say that if you liked the vibe of it, but you want something shorter, the same guy, um, Kyle Edward Ball, I think his name is. He made a, I think I mentioned in this on my review, but he made a, um, like a shorter, I don't know what to say. It's a version of it. It's not exactly the same, but it's very, very similar. And it's called Heck and it's on YouTube and it's pretty much the same as Skinner Marink, like the same kind of vibe, but it's only like half an hour long. 
And uh, I've watched that too, and that's actually like really, really cool. But yeah, if you liked Skin of Marink but thought it was too long, it's like you probably really like Heck because that's only like 30, 35 minutes, but it's like very, very similar. So we're talking about, um, oh, we were talking about the holy water before. Like Ben said, sounds like the Lost Boys when the Frog Brothers run into a church and fill their water pistols at the holy water font. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's a that's a good movie. Yeah, I'm just I still want to do that fucking holy water gag, like over the radio. Like you just need it right away for something. Um, yeah, the demon was attracted to evil. Maybe I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I didn't get it. I did. I don't. I know that a lot of these just don't have like a big finale or whatever. But it's like this one. It seemed like they didn't really explain like what happened at the end. Maybe they didn't know. Because they were maybe yeah. it just ended. Maybe not. Yeah. But yeah, I did kind of feel like the end was a little yeah. bit anticlimactic on that one. Well, it's supposed to be a real story and not fiction, so there it's not it doesn't have to be confined it doesn't have to have a plot. Yeah, but usually they'll say something like, "Oh, they moved away, but the ghosts were still haunting their ass," which is which is fine. Um, But this one, I was kind of confused because they're like, "Oh, well, the demon's apparently gone, but not." I don't know. Maybe Julie just has like all kind of demons floating Mm -hmm. around. Uh, Oracle says, uh, "Jenny, I just started reading a book called Dracula's Child by J.S. Barnes. It's a sequel to uh, Stoker, told through journal entries and correspondence. You might like it. Ooh, that does sound good, actually. Yeah, I'll have to like uh, check that out at some point. Like I said, I'm not getting as much time to read as I used to, which really sucks. But because man, I used to put up a book review every week, but I don't have time to do that shit anymore. That's for mm-hmm. sure." But and I have like a whole bunch of books like checked out in my Kindle that I haven't been able to read. But I will get around to them eventually. So, do you have anything you would like to add to this particular case? No. <laughs> no. No. It was it was, it was uh, just kind of a, a middling episode for uh, for like uh, the better seasons of of the haunting. You know what I mean? This yeah. would have been a real good one for like season eleven. Yeah. You know, but for uh, you know, it's just okay. Well, I'm kind of trying. I can't tell you what the how, how credible this case is. There's not enough information here, you know. But it doesn't matter. They're just telling a story. It may, yeah, I mean, maybe I don't. Happened. Maybe it didn't. You know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not particularly concerned over whether it really happened. I suspect yeah. that most of these probably didn't happen, or it didn't happen the way that they yeah, are portrayed on the show. Some of these, yeah. but you know, they're just fun to watch. I just yeah. find I I kind of like approach them the same way I would approach a movie. You know what I mean? Having like, seen paranormal stuff, it does happen. I'm not a disbeliever. Just I'm a disbeliever in a lot of the mainstream stories. A lot of times they're blown out of proportion. A lot of the good shit isn't really well known because the people don't want to talk about it. And a lot of the good shit is stuff that wouldn't end up on an episode anyway because it's stuff like near-death experiences and spontaneous out-of-body experiences. Things like dreaming true or, you know, just something, you guess something right beyond all odds and it turned out that, yeah, your feelings were right about it. You know, that, that kind of shit. That's, that's more common in the paranormal world. Do I think there's ghosts? I know there's bad houses. Went into a house and it's just fucking bad. Everybody that went into it just, but nothing ever happened there. It was just feelings, dreams. Uh, lived in it for about a year, uh, but nothing ever really physically happened. So, and I think some of these haunting cases 
are actually cases like the bad house case, like I like I've talked about. So you can't have a whole episode of people saying, "Yeah, I had weird feelings here. Or, yeah, I had a dream here." And, yeah, that and, might get a little. You know what I mean? So you have to fill that out with something happening, something physical happening, and maybe they might lie about that part of it it's to get to get to get that story into the fucking series and get it on TV. It's got to have more than that. Yeah, because it's got to be, like, cinematic to yeah. an extent. You right. can't just have a bunch of people going, yeah, like, ooh, I felt really cold or I yeah. felt like somebody was watching me because that doesn't right. translate well to right. visual media. Everybody that went in the house got scared. They didn't want to fucking walk down the hallways by themselves. They had to stand outside the damn doorway while the girls were taking a piss in the bathroom and shit like that, which that's the way that house me and, me and Eric lived in. They had to guard. If you, if you brought a, a girl over to the house, she had to walk down and wanted to go bathroom she'd want you to walk down the hallway where they're wait outside the door and i said this is a creepy house and because yeah this is a house is fucking creepy <laughs> but you look at it it was just a nice victorian house but it was a hundred and something years old and it just had an eerie feeling a bad feeling about the house see i'd be curious to like go in there i don't like i said i don't think i've ever experienced anything like that not in a house anyway uh, and i've even been weird that i've even really lived weird. in a house my grandfather's old house, which isn't there anymore, it got torn down. But I lived there for years, and that house was supposedly, according to my mom and all of her siblings, that house was supposedly super haunted because they had all kind of shit happen. Like they had, um, they said we used to hear people walking around the roof, we used to have our blankets torn off and everything like that, like when they were kids. But I lived there a long time and I never felt anything yeah. bad there or anything weird i was i i wasn't scared of that house i thought yeah. it was cool yeah me and eric we, we were fresh out of the army we were in korea together and we were in the 101st airborne together for four fucking years we we were fucking left two days apart he waited two days i ets and he waited two days for me to get to get out because we were going to boston together we drove up there together in his car so we had seen shit you know and we got a fucking great deal on that through a realtor and fucking went in there and fucking that house was fucking bad, man. It had a bad feeling about that house. And it, it changed hands a couple of times while we were in there. We never paid rent. That was some weird shit. <laughs> and then a new, new guy showed up who owned the house and he says, you guys can stay here, but you know, eventually you guys gonna have to leave cause I'm gonna remodel this house. And then like a couple months later he says, all right, man, you guys got to go I'll give me fucking 60 days notice. I said, all right. And then we left. But um, it was a bad house, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and but nothing physically ever happened, hmm. so I can't prove it. Yeah, I can't. I can't really prove it to myself, and on that one, because I'd already seen that poltergeist when I was a kid. That shit, shit was moving, and all the witnesses, you know, my aunt and uncle, my cousin, and everything. I know that that was some paranormal shit, but this one. Everybody else felt it too, but we never really could prove it because nothing physically ever moved. You know, I felt like I came under attack one time, but I couldn't see anything. Yeah, just waves of fucking emotion. You know. Yeah. I threatened to burn the house down, and it went away. <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah. I threatened it. Yeah. I said, "Fucking, you know, I can't leave. So I got nowhere to go. You keep fucking me. This, this, this is my house. This is your house. I will burn this fucking house down." <laughs> I got nothing to lose here. And it and it, it didn't ever do that again. But I could feel it was in the house. 
time keeping them ghosts in line. I kept that bitch in line. <laughs> because I wasn't lying. Because <laughs> I, I fucking said, I'm going to go out to the fucking car and fucking siphon out two gallons of gasoline. And I'm going to burn this fucking house down. You keep fucking with me. And they went away. That's good. That's, that's what you got to do. Because <laughs> that was the only leverage I had. Never see him do that on a haunting. No. So this isn't my house. This is your house. <laughs> you know, I haven't paid rent four months. I'm and nothing burn, sadder I'm than a ghost haunting the burned down. out field. All right. <laughs> right? Don't even have it. It's not even a haunted house. It's just a fucking haunted field. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess we will wrap it up because I'm getting pretty tired. And I need to probably <sighs> chill out and relax a little bit before I got to go to bed and then get up again and do the shit over again. Uh, so, yeah, we will be back on Wednesday night for the main show. And I think this is going to be a cool show because I would probably have never come up with this idea on my own. But one of our listeners, uh, Celtic Angel 73 uh, gave me this idea and even gave me a bunch of ideas for like different cases and stuff. It's basically going to be a show about people who survived like really fucked up shit. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, we're going to be talking about, uh, Terry Joe, um, Dupereau, Duperalt, whatever it's like. She's called the sea orphan. That's like a really fucked up story. Um, you know, the woman that fell, like, out the plane and, like, was in the jungle for 11 days and stuff mm. like that. So it's, like, amazing survival okay. stories. That sounds good. So, yeah. So I've got, like, a bunch of those. So we'll talk about uh, some of those. So it should be, yeah, because I was yeah. watching some documentaries on my lunch hour today and, like, reading through all my notes and everything. I was like, ooh, some of these, I, some of these stories are fucking unbelievable. Yeah. It's like that people survived through this shit. But, yeah, so that's what we'll be doing on Wednesday night. So hopefully you guys can join us for that. So thank you very much for hanging out with us this evening. And remember to like and share and comment and all that other kind of stuff for the algorithm. And we will see you guys again on Wednesday night. Good night.